Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, hello, and I, my friends, just want to dive into this interview. You're going to love it. If you are open to, oh gosh, more of the mind-body work, wow, you're going to love this interview with uh, my new friend, Alicia. We go through everything from the body armor spectrum of going from numbness to emotions to vitality and how to go through that, really how to go through that whole process. Uh, I have notes here, literally. We talk about uh, innervation of the cervix and spoiler alert, the vagus nerve innervates the cervix along with some other nerves there's actually a gastric connection as well and all of this sort of combines we're going to be talking about the cervix and about uh, healing the body armor melting the body armor awakening the cervix all of this amazing stuff that alicia now practices as part of her business as a somatic counselor and therapist And she personally has gone through this herself and now experiences better sex, better digestion, stronger pelvic floor, even better brain functioning. So we're going to talk about all of this, even go into how to self-massage the cervix with a wand and tools, etc. So I hope I've given you enough teasers there to let you get started and dive in and note that there is a part two to this series as well. So this is part one this week and be sure to come back next week for part two. And as always, check the notes below this video for links, resources. I will share the wand that Alicia recommends and I actually just ordered it myself. So (laughs) I'll let you know how it goes. And, uh, or maybe I won't, I might keep that personal. But point is, check the show notes and I hope that you'll enjoy the interview. All right. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to introduce to you somebody who I just recently, you know, really came across and became acquainted with. And I'm so excited to get to know more about her and her work right along with you. Her name is Alicia Patterson. And Alicia is a specialist in working with pelvic health in a really, really unique way. And I'm going to let her share more about that. But Alicia, maybe just say hi for a minute so people can hear your voice. And then I'll share a little bit more. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here. You are in Colorado, and I'm connecting with you from across the world. So I love the uh, I love the internet for bringing us together, and for allowing us to connect in this way. So I'm currently working on two programs right now. One is called Overcome Pelvic Pain for Women, and so it's all about working with women who have chronic pain and tension. And then the other one is called Transcend, and this is a program that's really marrying the mind, body, and spirit, and going beyond um, basic fitness and lifestyle information to help people relieve and resolve some of their pelvic health issues, but also, of course, it will ultimately spill into all areas of their life as well. Uh, And so because, you know, I'm working with these two areas, when I discovered that Alicia talks about these amazing topics, such as awakening the cervix, body armor, the nervous system, emotional healing, these kinds of things, I thought, oh my gosh, we've got to connect and talk about that. So 
what I, I know that this is going to actually turn into a two-part interview because we have so much to talk about. And so, Alicia, where I think we should start is just having you get to share more about your story and how you got into this work. And then let's talk about awakening the cervix. And, and I, I don't know. We're, we're just going to start. We're just going to roll. Awesome. Great. Awakening the cervix is one of my favorite little (laughs) subtopics. So I'm a somatic counselor um, in the United States. There's the somatic psychology world. It means body-based psychology. So I got into that work and also pelvic health work really because of my own journey. So this is a very personal, very real, very like close to me and my story um, journey that I've been on. And the amazing thing that it's so incredible to look back because I've been in this world and working as a therapist and doing all these trainings and having all these wild experiences for over 10 years. And as I was doing my graduate work in psychology, I found that my own pelvic health journey was like parallel to my process and awakening and becoming healthier and more in touch with myself and better relationships and all these things. So I went through my graduate program and then within a couple years after finishing, I started doing my own pelvic floor therapy, which is internal intravaginal work with the muscles. And it blew me out like in a little bit of a painful way just because there was so much for me and I had been doing therapy and workshops and massage and all these amazing healing modalities for years and I still felt a little smacked in the face by my own process it was so deep and I ask you really quickly Alicia when you said that you went through this um, kind of pelvic floor work on your own do you mean that you did this yourself with yourself or did you go to a specialist who helped you? Great question. Yeah, I should clarify that. So it was a mix of both. I started seeing a practitioner in person who was incredible and really held a beautiful bodywork space for me. Very trauma-informed, emotionally permissive. It was not traditional physical therapy, um, but it was really anatomically sound. It wasn't like way on the kind of unregulated side of things. So I felt really good about working with her. And I also did a lot of work with myself with tools at home and doing online courses and reading and studying. So I had this incredible experience of having hands-on work and there are things that we can't always get to alone. And then I also did a lot of work alone and, you know, I didn't want to only become dependent on a practitioner. I wanted to have empowerment and I also wanted to be held with a practitioner space. So I did a combo approach for a couple years and within like a month of doing my own sessions, I was like, I need to do this as a practitioner. So I looked into all the schooling and went back to massage school and did the pelvic floor training with Tammy Kent, who is a pretty big name. Tammy Kent. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you, I've had her on my podcast and I've worked with her personally. Um, She's amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I did my, um, my pelvic floor therapy training with Tammy, which was incredible because it really balanced me out because I was coming from the somatic psychology world, which is all about emotions and process and family history and developmental stories and, you know, the really rich, good stuff that I want to work with. 
but um, the anatomy understanding was really important for me. I'm so glad I did my training with Tammy for that reason. So that was years ago, and now I work in public health with women in Denver and Colorado and all over the world if they want to work remotely. And it's beautiful. It's like the heartbeat of my practice. I also am a therapist, so I usually end up seeing quite a few people that have trauma histories and want to work with someone that they really feel can hold the complexity of their story. And that's there's a lot of different ways that that can look when it comes to pelvic trauma and what that means. And we'll discuss that a little bit later. Um, you know, so what comes, I love this work and go ahead. Absolutely. I was going to say, you know, what comes to mind right now is with the work you do, it's very, it's very big. And mm-hmm. I, I, a word that comes to mind, which I don't even like that it's coming to my mind because it feels negative, but I'm going to say it anyway, is it's heavy, you know, because we all carry so much in our root Right. In our core, but especially in our root. And as women, we just carry so much in this area. And I know when I was working in my physical therapy clinical practice, I did so much internal work and, and just working so closely and intimately with these women. And there was so much shared energy in that space that I really, I felt it in my own body. And so mm-hmm. I wonder, are you doing your own work on yourself still mm-hmm. in order to kind of protect yourself a bit from having too much heaviness. Absolutely. Yeah, I have. um, It's kind of funny. In the beginning of my practice, I was like, I don't need rituals. And, you know, (laughs) then I really got into it for years. And yeah, I have rituals. I have self-care practices. I um, try to take really good care of my hand and my forearm because, you know, most people who do, and I do a certain kind of internal work is very slow It's like very, very soft touch. So it involves me holding my hand in a certain position for longer than I think some more traditional physical therapists do. Um, So yes, I have a lot that I do to take care of myself and it can feel heavy, but it's also so liberating and it's so freeing that I also feel that. And I, I want to pass it on, you know, I have such gratitude that I had access to a practitioner that I felt so good about. And there's so many women in the world that have access to nobody or it's illegal, you know, like I'm thinking of women in Africa and in the middle East where it's literally illegal to just talk about what we're talking about. So it's so important to me to pass it on and educate people and do what I can to really hold this up and you're right it is heavy because look at the world you know like here we are so um i think that's my therapeutic training too that i'm i'm accustomed to sitting with these big themes and it's taken years for me to learn how to manage that for myself but i feel good about it now that's that's wonderful and i want to get into you know specifics about the uh, you know awakening the cervix and the body armor that you speak of but before we dive into that kind of going with what we were just talking about let's just give women or or i'll just give women uh another sort of like boost of confidence that there is help I mean, if you're listening still, if you're, if you're in this deep with what we're talking about, then you probably are at least curious 
about this topic. Maybe you know someone who could use help with this area, or maybe you're just curious about your own things that you might be holding in your pelvic area, or maybe you have a lot of pain or some kind of dysfunction going on in the pelvic floor or pelvic area. And just know that there is help and there is so much that can be done. There's hope. There's people who understand what you're going through and you're not alone. So let's go ahead and and talk about, well, let's talk about body armor first. Because when you mentioned that to me, I was like, yes, (laughs) it's especially interesting to me as I'm working um, on my pelvic pain course, Overcome Pelvic Pain for Women. I mean, that's what people have when they have pain is they develop this body armor and this holding, but I would love to hear more about that from your perspective and how you help people with it. Absolutely. So body armor is a term that a lot of people use and it can mean different things for different people. So this is my way of understanding it and explaining it and how I work with it. And a lot of this comes from my experience in the somatic psychology world and then noticing, you know, I've worked with couple hundred women at this point in my career with pelvic floor therapy and working with the cervix. And um, it's amazing to see it. It's a phenomenon and it doesn't always look like this exactly, but it usually kind of follows something similar to this progression that I'm going to talk through. And a lot of it is about the nervous system. This can show up in organs. It can show up in muscles. It can show up in actual nerves and blood vessels So body armor is something that can um, translate across all of our systems. So it applies to everything, the way that I'm going to talk about it. So the, the way that I conceptualize this for myself is that there's a long continuum. And in the physical therapy world, it might be the hyper hypo continuum, you know, something that's hyper toned or hypo toned, too much tone or not enough tone. And there's a lot of emotional influence that can come in with this hyper-hypo spectrum. So if you imagine on one end of the spectrum is numb, and a lot of people experience numbness, right? Or it's cold or frozen or this kind of like, um, I know that something's there, but I can't feel it. And that's boring or disturbing, you know, it's, it's disturbing to be like, I know your finger's there, but I can't feel it's, it's kind of, it's like, I'd rather just think about something else or like go do something else. It can be kind of hard to sit with that. The further end of the extreme is very disconnected or dissociative. And that is something that will come up when people have had real physical trauma is that they're feeling like they're watching themselves from a corner of the room. Like, they're not even really connected to their body. They don't know that they're numb. So that's a little bit of a different thing and it can be worked with, but I also think it's important to be a little careful around that. Sometimes just gentle body work is best to do if someone is really dissociated. Um, So I, I feel like I just have to bring that up and being ethical as a practitioner. So if we start the spectrum around numbness, And I think of it like a tight fist or like an ice cube. Mm -hmm. You have a really tight fist and it's just holding and it's numb and um, we're not even really feeling what's happening there because it's just so frozen. And we put a warm hand on that fist. It's like loving, curious. So we're not digging and we're also not being like 
well, you're frozen, so I'm just going to back off. So we're giving compassionate presence, which is how I work. Usually that fist will start to open up or kind of like move itself a little bit or the ice cube starts to melt. Mm-hmm. And um, frozenness is something that happens a lot in the nervous system. You know, freeze is a nervous system reaction. It's a survival response. So when someone is numb or frozen, then we start to melt. And usually that opening up and that melting will turn into discomfort yeah. or burning yeah. or really tense or it's, it's pretty uncomfortable a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Not always, but usually. So glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes people get scared when they're treating an issue and they're like, this is not fun. This doesn't feel good. It's getting worse. What's happening right now? Right. And body armor is something that is hard to sit with and it can be scary. Mm -hmm. So the numb stuff is like, well, why would I want to feel that? Like, like I said, it's boring or it's disturbing. It's easy to want to check out. It's also easy to avoid or check out from discomfort or burning or tension or pain. And we have to sit with it and breathe with it. And my whole thing is that if it's way over our threshold and it's like, this is intolerable, then we don't want to push that. But my work, it took me years to learn that just sitting and just feeling discomfort and breathing with it was my work. And as soon as I stopped resisting it, my body started to change like so much quicker. And it was really blew my mind when I finally got to that point. Cause I can know that in my mind body system to a certain level emotionally and mentally. But when I got to that point in my pelvic floor and with my cervix, I was like, this, like, this is my life. Like, this is how I've been for my whole life is just resisting and holding and bracing for pain. And once I just started to breathe and let it move, my whole physiology started to shift and it really impacted the rest of my body and my, even my brain function, which is why I love working with the pelvis. I really feel that it impacts everything because of our nervous system wiring. Absolutely. And so basically the body armor, you, you realized that this was um, just covering you. And once you finally acknowledged it and sat with it and allowed it to melt off, you were Mm -hmm. able to unfold finally. And so how would you, for anybody listening who maybe wants to start working with this on their own, before we talk about awakening the cervix, how would you encourage people to begin discovering their own body armor and then melting it off, you know, opening it and unraveling it for themselves? Absolutely. Well, you know, I tend to be a little bit of an aggressive person with myself. So I just wanted to go right in there right away and be like, I'm just gonna do this. And my body didn't always react well to that. You know, I feel like we, we want to be tempered with our pace. And then I think there are some people who are on the other end of that extreme and they just avoid and they never ever go there because it's just too much. Right. So slow, consistent, steady, like loving, soft, non-aggressive touch is what I always recommend with ourselves. And that could be just with the lower belly where the uterus and the bladder sits. Mm -hmm. That could be the vulva. 
It could be the internal tissue if you feel ready for that. It could be the cervix, which is an organ, which is very powerful. It's different than a muscle tissue. So the other thing that I was going to just maybe make sure I plant that seed is around emotions. So usually after numbness and discomfort is emotion. It's just whatever it is that needs to move. A lot of times it's rage or grief, shame, and guilt. Those are the more kind of contracted emotional experiences that usually come up for people around the space in their body. And we want to love ourselves and give ourselves compassion and allow ourselves to feel emotional. We might need to cry. We might need to burn up. Like I've literally sweated my ass off through some of my own internal sessions because I had so much inflammation Mm -hmm. that just needed to be felt and worked through. And vitality is the end of the body armor spectrum. Warm, tingly, flexible, but strong, like vital tissue. And I wish that we could go from numb to vital, like, boop, I'm just going to skip over that whole process, but we don't really get to do that. We have to go through the whole process. And for me, it took a couple years because I had some medical trauma that really impacted me and scar tissue. For other people, it can be two sessions. And there's no way to really know what that looks like. But consistent and steady and loving and really listening to our body and then coming back to it when it's appropriate, like with whatever modality you choose. It could be uterine massage. It could be working on your core strength. It could be pelvic floor toning. It could be cervical awakening, which is what I'd like to talk about next. We just want to really allow ourselves the process that we need to have without giving up, but without being aggressive. I love that. It reminds me of another podcast episode I did. I have no idea what the number is, but it was about uh, the workout that made me cry. And Mm. I have definitely have my own version of, you know, my own body armor for various things that I've dealt with in my life. And I love movement. I, like you, tend to be quite aggressive with all sorts of things in my life. (laughs) And I like to go forward quickly and I like to get things done. And I like to, I I love to slow down with yoga and, and meditation and that kind of thing. But when it comes to my fitness and my movement, I tend to want, I want to work out and I want to move and I want to, you know, experience all of the the range of motion and I want to get a little bit of a sweat on sometimes. Well, I experienced a slow sensual movement program and I have never moved. So it was just full freedom to move however I wanted to move. And I've never felt so much permission just to go slow and to do whatever my body needed to do. And I've never moved like that. And I've never felt like that by the end of the session. Like you said, I was a mess. I was in a heap of tears on the floor. I had no idea that was inside of me. And it just released in that one session of, and that's really what it was, was just resolving some of that body armor once and for all, just by giving my body what she needed is what she needed. She just needed to be listened to and treated with love and tenderness and respect and not just like, you got to get the work, you know, whatever. You got to get this done. You've got to make it happen. It was just so feminine and right. lovely. So let's talk more then next about the awakening the cervix. I think mm-hmm. that's so fascinating. 
Yeah, it's so connected to what you were just talking about too. And I love that you're bringing up that like slower, um, the permission to have that different kind of rhythm than maybe what is most natural to you. And I have the same story. I used to be a competitive athlete, a lot of anxiety, a lot of upward moving kind of fast process and pace in my life and my system. And then when I started slowing down and doing um, different semi-official titles, dance movement therapy. So as I was opening my pelvis through all these different movement modalities, I was experiencing pelvic awakening and it was actually very painful for me. It was like I cried my eyes out so many times just feeling this like weight and depth and heaviness. I was scared of it. It was powerful, but just so foreign to me because I had lived 20 plus years in this other way. And the cervix is um the cervix is an organ. It is the bottom of the uterus. It's going to be it's a different process than working with a muscle tissue. So the amazing thing about the cervix that I always love to bring in that is new research that I think it's only four, maybe five years old is about the nervous system wiring of the cervix. Until recently, until this study that came out, I think like four to five years ago that I got access to through an online course I did, the um, medical world and the findings about the cervix was that it was not innervated and it was non-feeling. And so there was all this talk about the cervix is awkward and like you should just avoid it. It's absolutely not true. Anyone that's ever had a cervical biopsy or a painful gynecologist visit knows that the cervix absolutely feels like I have had both of those things. So yes, Yes. (laughs) me too. So I was just like, I was like, this is mind blowing to me learning this information that um, there was a study done about women or people that have a uterus and a clitoris and the orgasm and people that did not have clitoral um, functioning in their nerves, they were able to have an orgasm through cervical stimulation. Mm -hmm. So it it proves that there are nerve wirings that go down into the cervix. Mm -hmm. And there's three different sets of paired nerves. And it's like these little tree branches. One is called the digastric, and that I believe is most connected to our digestive system, which I think really shows why when people have cervical trauma, they often experience digestive challenges. Mm-hmm. or um, sexual trauma and you know the cervix is just so connected to everything in the body because of these nervous system pathways there's another nerve called the pelvic nerve that I think is more just stays around the pelvis and the big one is the vagus nerve oh and the vagus nerve is yeah. like a buzzword in the neuro- sure. neuroscience world in the somatic healing world the vagus nerve is the trauma nerve It's the longest nerve in the human body and it snakes from the brain all the way down the core. It goes through all of the digestive organs. It pierces the diaphragm. It goes through the vocal cords and it goes all the way down to the cervix. So this is why I believe that people that have 
um, armoring around their cervix. And so many of us do. I certainly did because I had a leap procedure when I was too young to know to ask all the questions about lasering or freezing the cervix because I had the precancerous cells. This is a whole thing. People that get the leap or the let's pr procedure. Um, so I had some scar tissue on my cervix and I started working with my cervix therapeutically all around it and also directly on it. And it was one of the wildest, most transformative and also quite painful processes that I've ever been through in my life. So, and I believe that it was partly because of old experiences that I had around sex. You know, I was kind of unconscious in my early years and just engaging in ways that I don't think really felt good to me. I think so many people do that. Their cervix just gets pounded because we're taught that that's what sex is. It's like pounding a limp penis. It doesn't feel good. It's a sexual organ. It wants to be awakened. It wants to be engorged with blood. It wants to move around. And I also had the scar tissue that created a lot of numbness and a lot of um, inflammation and just non-feeling. And I just put it away and I didn't think about it or work on it for over 10 years. So then I started doing this whole pelvic healing journey and I felt like my body was ready to awaken, but I had to um, kind of bust through some old scarring. It was very, it was quite profound in what my body did with all of that, which is why I always talk about pelvic trauma and normalizing it and um, the process of unwinding and awakening the cervix is so connected to that body armor process. The cervix will often have numbness or pain or burning or rage or like really big emotional um, processes that need to happen before it will feel good but it will feel good like it is an absolutely otherworldly experience to have a cervical orgasm it often feels like a whole body orgasm like people talk about it like they feel white light like stars just moving up through their core and the way that i described it was that i felt this um surge of a current like it woke up my pelvis, I felt it move through my uterus, it went through my belly, and eventually it came up through my brain and like out through my eyes and tears. It was like the most profound experience that I had ever had. But a lot of that felt connected to releasing these old experiences. Mm -hmm. And then it created a new normal, like a, a new experience of me and my body and so many people have that experience when they start working with their cervix in a really intentional, slow, loving way. So, okay. So I think that answers my question, which was going to be basically, what are the benefits that you've experienced? So to summarize, it sounds like you've experienced, first of all, um, more pleasure during, you know, mm -hmm. sex, the more of a, uh, that cervical orgasm experience that you described sounds amazing. We all want that. And then just in general, you feel more um, at home in your body and at ease. What, what else is there that you've experienced on a bodily level or, or a physical level or, or an emotional level since having yeah. this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way that I talk about the floor and some people associate the root with the pelvic floor only, and some associate it with the floor and the cervix. 
I think of it as like the whole bottom level of yeah. the body. And that includes the rectum, you know, it includes the bottom of the digestive system, which is something that I think often gets left out with all of this. So I've experienced profound shifts in my digestion and my reproductive hormonal flow and my experience of my urinary system. So I used to have chronic UTIs, which if anybody's ever had a UTI, it's like such a horrible experience to have that happen consistently. So I've had no more UTIs. Uh, I haven't had to take any medication. I know exactly how to work with my urinary system. It's so connected to uterine and um, cervical position and health. Just, yeah. you know, I feel like my whole pelvis is reorganized and open and spacious and also stronger. So I couldn't do any of the engagement when I first started doing this work. You know, my person would say, I'm going to hold this muscle and can you squeeze around my finger? And I, I just couldn't do it. Like, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I, you know, it was such a profound embodied learning process for me. It was so confusing. And I was like, what? Like, so I really had to be coached through a lot of this and, now I feel like I'm able to hold when I need to hold. I'm able to like pull in and I'm also able to soften down and let go and just release downward toward the earth, which is something that I never had for myself until I did this work. I would hear about people feeling grounded and like talking about being grounded. And I'm, again, I was just like, that's not for me. Like, I guess that's just not something that I'm ever going to have. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't feel what's happening. I would hear people talk about the earth and I was like, like, say what? Like, I just, I didn't have that pathway. And I feel like coming through this whole journey now that I'm really kind of on the other side of the peak, because now I basically just do maintenance for myself. I do work with myself and I see a person maybe twice a year just to like keep me good and steady. I felt like I came crashing down to the earth mm. and I felt the earth. In a good in, way. In a good in way. A beautiful, yeah. good, important. And also like I'm feeling everything that the earth is feeling. And I had to grieve. Like I really had to grieve a lot. And then I created this new foundational connection that like now I put my feet on the earth and I walk through the world and I'm like, yeah, like it's me and you, you know, like that's number one. And then humans and my partner and whatever else is yeah. like after that foundational relationship. But that was a huge journey for me. It took a lot of grieving of my family it took a coming down into the root of my body and accessing that space in a way that I had not felt for over 25 years, like close to 30 years. So it really shifted so much inside of me. I think that it really did shift my brain functioning. Um, part of that, I think, is because of that nervous system wiring, you know, yeah. our neurons and our neurological process is sending messages to our nerves and our nerves is sending messages back to our brain. So I felt like my cognitive functioning and my mood regulation and my ability to synthesize and communicate and my career like totally took off after this. So much shifted in it's my amazing. life. I'm fascinated also by the connection between the vagus nerve 
being, you know, the cervix being innervated by the vagus nerve. I did not know that. That's brand new to me. And yeah. it's really interesting. I wonder with myself, as you were sharing your story, it reminded me a little bit of, of, of me. I also had precancerous cells in the, in the LEAP procedure. I was also mm-hmm. very young when this happened. I also had, um, I had some other issues in that area that were embarrassing. And uh, I felt very embarrassed and shameful about when I was that age. I also had gone through some traumatic relationships and there was a lot. And then... I had my baby and actually he was very low. I was carrying him very low for a long time. He dropped early. I had false labor many times. I went into the hospital many times. They were like, no, you're not quite ready. And plus it's too early. And so um, he was uh, my third time coming into the hospital. She was like, well, let me just sort of do an exam. So she you know, did her examination and she essentially broke the scar tissue of my cervix when she mm-hmm. was doing her examination and she said, Oh, okay. Well, it looks like it's happening today because I can feel his hair. Like he's coming. And so it was all very, like, there's a lot, there's a lot. I mean, we've got death, we've got life, we've got trauma. We've got a lot um, wrapped up in this. When I'm thinking about my story and like things that have happened to me in this region, mm-hmm. there is a lot. And then to know that that vagus nerve, which is responsible for the, the parasympathetic nervous system, it, it can help us calm down. And I, you know, have been working on accessing that my entire life. I tend Mm -hmm. to be a pretty wound up person and I'm really learning to harness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system and the rest and digest. And I'm learning how to work with that. But now I'm fascinated thinking, gosh, I wonder if my cervix could be part of the root of these of these issues and even some of the things, because you said early about how everything is connected, the entire body system. And mm-hmm. as my listeners may know, if you've listened to my recent episodes, guys, I've been dealing with the psoriasis on my feet and this feeling of, um, of groundedness. And I, I'm working with it emotionally and mm-hmm. this feeling of having a hard time being grounded and moving forward and standing on my own two feet and really ultimately feeling calm and grounded. And I'm working with that in so many ways, but your, your talk here is making me think, my goodness, maybe my cervix needs to be awakened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So to, yeah. and to follow up on that, I guess I want to wrap up this particular part one of our chat by saying, mm-hmm. how would you guide someone like me who says, oh my gosh, let's say that I can't see you in person because, well, I can't, I live across the world. So if I were to work on some things on my own, I, I, could totally see you um, online. I know you have that service available, but for someone who wants to begin this work on their own, what would you advise them? Yeah, absolutely. There, um, there are so many connections. Like you're saying, this is the space of birth and right on the other side of the coin of birth is death. So often a lot of feelings will come up around death when people work with their cervix, which is, sometimes confusing to people but for me it makes so much sense after being a doula and being present in the room for birth um so it is a transformational big experience to work with this space and my encouragement would be to go slow and steady and consistent and whatever level you go to if your body welcomes the next that's amazing Um, but make sure you give yourself space to integrate after each one. Mm -hmm. Like something I did was 
went a little too much too fast. And then my body had a big reaction with my next bleeding and I was vomiting and having really intense cramping. And I was like, okay, so that was obviously too much. And I really learned my lesson there. So, um, you can reach for your cervix with your own finger. The cervix is easier to touch when we're close to our bleeding time. It's, it drops down and it moves around and gets a little lower when we're close to that time. If we are trying during ovulation, we're probably not going to be able to reach it with a finger because it's pulled up and back. And that's part of why more vigorous stimulation feels better when we're ovulating because the cervix isn't so low and it's not being like jammed by a penis. So, um, I think a finger is nice in the beginning because then you can feel what's happening with your own finger. You can sense that tissue. When you use a tool, a tool can be amazing to reach in and it will give you more length and it will give you a little more control. But I almost always recommend trying with a finger for a couple times before you use a tool. Mm-hmm. Because if you use a tool and you are numb and you can't really feel what you're doing, you can inflame yourself and that doesn't feel very good. Um, But massage wands are a whole thing. I recommend Lovestone. I love the brand Lovestone. They're local to me. They're women owned. They're small. They've been around since before wands got popular and now there's all these shitty quality stones being made with glue Like you do not want to put nasty toxic glue into your vagina. Please do not buy a cheap wand on Etsy for $20. No, no. We want to buy a good quality, either plexiglass, um, high quality plexiglass or a crystal, which is love stone. They make like stone um, crystal wands. And I love the wands from love stone. There's other brands out there too. So If you go to your cervix and there is, it's too much, then you want to work around the rim of the cervix. You don't need to like jam the organ. You can work with any patterning around the canal and the muscles that are holding the cervix. And then you can start to stimulate the cervix really gently. And eventually it starts to feel good. And then it starts to feel like that pain pleasure thing. And then more pleasure opens up and pain reduces. But all of this took me over two years of intensive work with myself and a practitioner. And there's no shame in that. For some people, it might take more. For some people, it takes a lot less. Like, that's my recommendation. Be slow and steady and commit to it with yourself and no expectations. Don't oh, compare yourself to others yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Do not compare. That's amazing. And uh, just would you recommend this to be a daily practice or like three to four days a week? Do you have any specifics there or is it? Um, my, you know, I got to a point where I was doing twice a week sessions mm-hmm. and then a little treatment with myself a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot. Mm-hmm. I recommend once a week. Yeah. And then if you feel like your body's ready for more, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think less than once a week, sometimes the body will just slip back into old stuff. Yeah. If it's really painful, then 
there's a lot that you can do for yourself to care for your body. You don't have to just suffer and sit. Like there's tons of holistic remedies that are cheap and easy to do at home. And I'm happy to talk about that or people can reach out to me if, if they want to know like, okay, this is a lot, but I want to do this. Um, then I recommend working with someone in your area or working with someone online who really knows their stuff because stuff always comes up in the body. And I felt pretty isolated in my journey. I had an amazing body worker, but she wasn't super available to give me a lot of education or to give me a lot of tools. So then I was looking to these online things and there was no attention. It was just like watch the video and do the exercise so that's why I made the way that I work because I like to answer people's questions and have them feel supported. And I felt pretty lonely in my journey. And, you know, that was kind of hard for me in a way to just be like pulling things from 10 different areas and trying to make it work for myself. Yeah. Um, so get support, you know, explore your body, do research and reading, get support if you have the resources to do that and know that it might take some time. That's my short version of I like that that's perfect thank you so much and because there's so much more that we want to cover we're going to actually do a part two so well let's say goodbye and we'll say hello to everyone next week (laughs) so bye guys definitely come back all right thank you so much Thank you for listening to the entire show. If you loved this episode, please share it with a friend. Let her know how it helped you and what you learned and why she might like it too. And if you would like a free downloadable video portfolio that includes the inner core energizer routine that's found in my book, Lady Bits, plus the first seven days of my ab camp series, simply leave a review of this podcast on iTunes and then send a screenshot of of your review to me, Brienne, at femfusionfitness.com. Again, that's Brienne at femfusionfitness.com. I will personally get back to you with your free downloadable video portfolio. I will see you next time. And remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit.